This week on Gym Ops Radio, the topic is all things COVID-19. The guys discuss how they lost as much as 32% of pre-pandemic membership by June and the steps they took to regain 86% of it by fall. They'll talk about where they've invested cash into the experience, how the entire class operation was restructured, and what they're doing to build a successful, adaptable gym model that's primed for bounce back in 2021. This is Gym Ops Radio. Hey guys, welcome to Gym Ops Radio, formerly the business of lifting weights. My name is Brian Pritz. And I'm Dave Thomas. And we are the owners of Performance 360 in San Diego. Uh, this is fun. We actually haven't done one of these since April of 2019. Yep, which I thought was last year, but uh, <laughs> Dave corrected me that that's two years ago. So a couple of things. We're probably going to be very rusty as we embark on what we've dubbed Season 5. Um, and listening to a lot of old podcasts, that's like what you do. When you want to sound cool and official, you call them seasons. We didn't dub that. You just dubbed that right yeah, now. I actually made it up like a week ago and just went <laughs> with it. So welcome to season five. I thought it was season four like two days ago. There's going to be a real cliffhanger at the end of season five. <laughs> we plan on waiting another two years prior to the next episodes. Um, but no, so we, we talked about wanting to reboot this because obviously, um, maybe if you're listening, you haven't been aware, there's this uh, virus going around. And it is causing quite a havoc on a lot of different things. Yeah, apparently. So the gym industry, we wanted to narrow it, uh, narrow it down and focus up on the gym industry because um, we feel like now more than ever, our industry uh, is really just been kind of left out to dry. I know locally here in San Diego, we have by far and away the lowest case rates uh, as far as transmission and contact tracing data goes. Uh, we're at 0.4% of cases and we just continue to kind of be lumped in like the worst of the worst. Um, I, I wouldn't presume to know what other gyms around the country, what their scenarios are, as every state is different, some counties are different, but I do think that the collective consensus is that um, gyms are getting screwed. Yes. So we really wanted to bring this back because, you know, when we had this under the business of lifting weights, I think a lot of it was you know, it was, it was kind of a little bit like regimented of, hey, here's what we recommend to do this. This is our success with, with this. And it was kind of like step by step of what we think that gyms should do. And so as part of the rebrand, we wanted to kind of move away from like, this is less about like methodical business steps and more about these are our operations. This is a completely different ballgame. Everything is brand new. We don't really know what we're doing. These are our best guesses based on 10 years of success in the industry. We're going to share them with you guys and you can take what you want. You can think certain things are stupid if you want. Every brand is different. Every operations, every operation is different. So we just want to present the kind of unfiltered data and allow people to make choices for themselves. Yeah. And if you guys can consider one or two things that we talk about in each episode and maybe think about how that can apply to your gym, uh, your business and you know make some positive decisions because of that. Um, I would consider that extremely successful. We also need to figure out a way to make sure that we, we crush Lenny once an episode. Today. I know. Um, we also need to get him on here because I think he would translate just hilariously to the podcast. <laughs> Do you think he listens to the podcast of the gym that he co-owns? I would doubt it <laughs> because he's never mentioned how badly we crush him. And we spent several episodes just tearing him apart last season. Yeah. 
Maybe we'll let him, let him come on and redeem himself a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we should just splice up some of our top quotes about him and just send it to him in like a two-minute reel. A Lenny highlight episode? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just kind of getting right into things, we're just going to dive right into our numbers. So obviously, when all this happened, uh, mid-March for us out here in California, I think it was like March 15th, at that time we had 904 active members. So active meaning people who are not on hold, people who are paying their gym memberships. That was March 1st. By June 1st, so what is that, three months later, we were down 32%. So we went all the way down to 625 active members. I'm sure it was the same process that everybody else went through. They saw holds come in, cancels come in. Talk a little bit about that, just kind of like a couple at a time. Yeah, I mean, obviously when, uh, I don't, you know, every state is different. So out here in California, we were closed for what, three full months? Mm-hmm. Absolutely closed. No operations, no outdoor operations, nothing. So we basically had our entire business put on hold um, from our standpoint And that translates into, obviously, you're paying customers saying, uh, you guys aren't open. Well, I'm not going to pay for obvious reasons. Um, And so I look at that 32% decline over the course of three months that we were closed, just a massive win. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yes, we lost 30% of our business, but we kept 68%, 68 Mm -hmm. um, which is insane for a business that's not open. Um, so yes, we saw a lot of holds come in, um, cancellations were not as drastic. There obviously were some, especially people that were hurt financially, they lost their jobs, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the primary driver of what we tried to do is get people on hold with the assumption that they were coming back, uh, once we opened doors again. Yeah. I think, you know, everybody, you know, when you, when you have a gym, you like to think that you have... A great membership and you like to think that you have the support of your members but you really have no way of knowing that like when times are good people come to the gym and so they don't really think about brand loyalty so to say when the gym stops operating for three full months like you really get to learn what kind of support you have from yes. your membership and the 32 percent reduction was obviously like a colossal detriment to the business and how we operate and how we were going to plan to operate once we were able to reopen. However, we learned that we had an, a huge amount of people that were just all in on the gym. And yep. They were going to support it. They rented the equipment. They did the online workouts. They continued paying in full. It was just like, you know, 30 to 45 days in, we, we saw that, okay, we're going to make it through this. Okay. We're going to lose a lot of people, but we have bedrock members that are not going anywhere. And that was like, really an aha moment for me of like, okay, like we have people here that have enabled us to be built to endure this and allow us to maybe take a breath and plan how we can operate once we're able to, to reopen. Yeah. And I think it, it definitely shows kind of how successful you are at your own branding. If you can create an atmosphere and a culture that people are willing to support you in a very bad time, um, you know, that shows that you're doing things right. If you had you know, almost all of your membership just dissipate and not continue to support you. I think that might be a little bit of a sign of like, hey, maybe we're not doing as good of a job as we need to in terms of our branding and like, um, you know, being that place for people to come to and work out and be more than just a gym. Yeah, maybe maybe tips today can help if you found out that you just like comparatively just absolutely got crushed in all this. Yeah. Um, so June, June 1st, we were down 625 minus 32%. At that point, 
honestly, I don't really want to recap like every single step that we were allowed to reopen because sometimes it was a little bit of this, sometimes it was a little bit of that. But by through June to November, we were open in some capacity, whether it be fully indoors in a reduced capacity, whether it be partially outdoors, blah, blah, blah. Um, we got all the way back up to 782. So we recouped a total of 80 86% of our membership pre-coronavirus. And, you know, no need to kind of further harp on because we already said keeping 68 was a win. So going back up to 86% was just like, we consider that to be incredibly successful. And we were like, absolutely pumped that we are going to make it through this. Like we have, we have the potential recipe to be able to be successful in the quote coronavirus right. era. Um, and in those three months when we were operating, actually, little longer than three months um we're going to talk all about obviously what those operations were what we did everything from like the way that we communicated to our to our actual class flow uh really just kind of dive into the experience that allowed us to go from that uh, minus 32 percent to only minus 14 percent, which right. is where we stand today um so yeah you know the title of the episode is obviously you know pivots to consider for being successful in the post covid 19 era and so one thing that every single gym has done has done the individual workout zones to some capacity. Right. So whether that's like a 10 by 10 taped off square, whether it's coming up with some sort of social distancing, if you're open right now, hopefully, I mean, my guess is you're doing that to some degree. I understand that there's regions of the country that probably aren't, um, but that was a huge factor in our rebuild was our ability to really market those individual zones in the manner in which we marketed them. Right. And, you know, we'll we'll talk more about that. But, um, you know, that actually paved the way for some things that we're going to do long term. Um, you know, a little bit of a silver lining in all of this is we learned a lot about some things to wit to make our operations better uh, for the long haul. Definitely. And so just to give you a visual, our version of the indi individual zones, like we really went all in on that. So we made a big decision of like, OK, if we have to if we have to now completely change the operation. Everything is tightly regimented. You're now going to work in a, uh, a square that's literally taped off. We're going to make that a fucking awesome square. Yep. So it's not just going to be like you show up and do jumping jacks in it. Right. So we ran numbers, looked at the budget, and decided that we were really going to make a large investment into that zone. And we essentially turned it into like, I like to think of it as like a miniature garage gym yeah. within that 100 square feet. So yep. we did squat racks. Every single person who comes to the gym, we just said, we're not gonna avoid stuff that needs a squat rack because this could go on for a freaking year. Right. So like, we're gonna just give you your own one. Yep. And so we bought squat racks, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, you know, everything that we use in the gym, ergs, bikes, everybody had their own. So that was a large investment that, you know, we obviously were nervous to spend that amount of money because every single day that we're in this, you never know what tomorrow's gonna bring. But we really found that membership took to it very, very well. And we wanted the zones to not just be like, okay, this is about safety. We looked at it as this is also about an upgrade for how your workout goes. Yeah. Because we went from, you know, last year we looked at the numbers, January, like we have packed classes, like 28, 30 people in a class. It can get hectic. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's not ideal. Um, and now we, you know, we've come down and we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but, um, we can't obviously have as many members in a class, so it's just enhance the experience. It's not as crowded. You're not sharing a rack with four other people, and you just show up. You have your workout zone, and you have your workout and your coach. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so like, how, how do you think that members just react to that and come in? Like, what's the difference that you see when you observe the gym? I, for me, the biggest thing that I see is the appreciation that people realize that we are doing whatever it takes to make the experience as good as it can be for the current situation. So, you know, I, I don't know if everybody is like, I'm so excited. I get my own kettlebell, um, mm-hmm. you know, my own rack and my own erg. Like I, I don't, I'm sure there are some that are very excited about that. It was more like, wow, you guys are going a step above what I expected and are doing things to make this experience really good in a really bad time. Um, and so the amount of like emails and just notes and passing comments that we got, it just showed our members that we, we always talk about this. It shows that we care. It shows that we're willing to invest in the experience. And I can't say this for certain, but I can't imagine that there's other gyms in San Diego that offer the same experience that we do right now because of that. Yeah. I'm not sure that there, that there is either. And I I think, you know, I totally agree with you. I would also say that I had a surprising amount of people who came up to me um, and said how much more they preferred the new setup because like they loved the gym, but they just like, they didn't come to the gym to interact with people. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're not motivated by the group environment. It's just like some people didn't want to come to the gym, squat with three to four other people and talk about their day. And I relate to that big time because when I go to class, you know, I go to P360 classes, like this may sound bad, but like the absolute last thing I want to do is go in and talk to members about the gym and like about work. Like I want to go in, this is 45 minutes where like I need this to zone out and like get some mental and some physical health. And obviously with everybody facing that in a pandemic, I do think, you know, pandemic fatigue thrown around a lot. It's like, I think people want to come in, they want to come into a safe spot, work out and not do all the other extracurricular stuff. For sure. Uh, some people probably miss that, but you can still talk to someone, you know, 10 feet away. And it just kind of, it created like a safe isolation within a group environment. So right. there's that motivation there without having to feel like you need to quote, like be on all the time. Right. Uh, as far as logistics goes, it was 49 squat racks, sets of rings. Obviously, we had to increase the popular dumbbells, the 10s through the 35s, basically. Um, we had to increase kettlebells, increase bumper plates. Obviously, everything that gym owners have, we had to get more of. And um, while we talked about all the, the pros of it, like we really wanted to use it as like a strength. This is, the government is mandating that obviously we cannot run at full capacity, so um, we went from 25 people in a class to about 15 to 17. And that obviously creates huge downsides as a business because all of a sudden we go from being able to service 225 people in a day to down to 153 people. And that's significant when you have a large membership of people who are used to like, I come to the 3:30 and I get in that all the time. Every, and, yep. uh, I, I don't think twice about that, but now we have class wait lists and, I look at today, we have full classes with full eight person wait lists. And like, that gives me tremendous amounts of anxiety. <laughs> like I hate when people cannot get into a class. Yep. Um, but what, what can you do about it other than just, this is the reality and we're going to own this. So we're going to focus more on the personal connection. We're going to focus more on that ability to be able to coach a little bit better because we have less people in the class. And I think there's no question that the coach is able to do a better job with just less bullshit going on. Right. You know, I, I know if you're like concerned about, oh, what will members think if we do this? What will 
um, they say about this, just understand that your members realize what's going on and they understand that you have to do certain things based on what's going on in the world right now. So um, that was one struggle for me is like we had a lot of changes and I was very worried about what people would think and like, you know, would they leave the gym because of all these changes? But it's like every gym is doing the same, if not less than we are. Um, and so the fact that we're putting this effort and making these changes is actually a positive upgrade um, compared to anything else that they can do. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I think that's a good point of just like stepping outside and comparing like what are, you know, what are people's options? They're going to leave you and go to a gym that is doing the exact same thing, or they're going to go to a gym that's done nothing and is clearly showing that they have no interest in pivoting with this like whatsoever. So you know, you just have to have faith that like people are going to trust what you're doing and, and be be visual, communicate, which we'll get into that like, here's why we're doing this. And this is why we believe it's in everybody's best interest. And right. Not leaving room for interpretation of like, oh, why are they doing this? Or how long is this going to be? But just like, these are the facts. This is what we're doing. Um, so, you know, it does remain to be seen. You know, part of this episode is talking about forecasting for 2021 and what this looks like when there's a vaccine. But, you know, what's going to happen to our gym when we have, you know, this membership that currently, you know, I don't want to say can't get into classes, but it's that it's more, there's more barriers to be able to get into classes. So one of the things like we're trying to figure out is how can we merge? Okay. Like we love the zone setup. We love the regiment and the structure and the individuality, but we also straight up as a business, like we need to be able to either have less people want to get into a class or be able to get slightly more people into a class. So it's like, what is that? What is that decision going to be? Where do we, where do we merge like the zones with being able to increase capacity? And like candidly, that's exactly what we're looking at right now. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting because this will be the first January or so-called fitness rush um, that happens every year that is post coronavirus. So we have no idea what to expect in terms of like, will there still be a rush? Zero idea. (laughs) Zero idea. So a lot of this stuff is just constantly updating. And, you know, we have discussions behind the scenes all the time that I feel like change within 24 hours. Um, So a lot of this stuff is is going to be very new and will change um, based on all that information that continues to come out. Yeah, because it's like, you know, everything with this is to what's today's problem? Like, how can we solve today's problem? And it's, we're still in that mode because we're still under a, a government mandate right now. But, you know, sooner or later, you come out of that and it's like, we're going to have this set up, but okay, we can't get as many people into a class. Right. Yet all of our expenses have gone up tremendously. Right. So it's like, you know, we talk about the decision to spend all the money on the individual zones, but also our rent has been increased because right. we had to postpone those payments that were due when we were closed. Right. We No one got a pass on that. So that money is still owed. Uh, our payroll is increased because we have more classes on the schedule because we have less people in class. We need more classes. Right. So our payroll's gone up. Uh, the cost to clean the gym, you know, it's a virus. We spend money on cleaning the gym, supplies, all those, all those cleaning supplies plus the professional cleaning services. You know, those have all gone up. Right. Maintaining equipment, you know, a single 30-pound dumbbell is getting used a lot more now. So the cost to replace that. It's just all the expenses, all the fixed costs, all the variable costs have all gone up. But we have a model that allows for less people in the gym. That's a huge problem. Right. So that's one of the things that like we're looking at and trying to solve and trying to find the middle ground of 
how can we keep the setup right now that we really like and not go back to the clusterfuck that we had, but also be able to service the business needs and be able to operate the business at the level it needs to operate at to be successful and to continue to provide jobs and continue to keep up with the rising costs that the coronavirus has forced all businesses to incur. Yeah, and this will be a great discussion and episode once we've kind of figured some of that out um, and can kind of relay the effect that that has on it, whatever we decide. Yeah, I think, you know, the takeaway for the first pivot of like we did the individual zones and the garage gym in every zone, um, you know, that is something that we're keeping. So we are going to keep the, you know, the individual workspace to a certain degree. It's never going to be like four people in one ever again. So, you know, I, I think the thing to ask yourself as a listener, if you're a gym owner is, you know, we've all had to, we've all had to put practice in place from a safety perspective, but how can you turn the practices that you have in place that are for safety? How can you turn that into an actual overall improvement in the brand experience? You know, with less people in a class, what can you do? Where can you spend money? What can you upgrade? Where can you focus so that members do not see that as a downgrade, but they actually come to prefer that because of all the things that don't have anything to do with coronavirus, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, and I also, you know, for those owners out there that are waiting for this just to pass and go away, it's, this is my personal opinion, it is not going to pass anytime soon in the sense of talking about, like, mass passing, you know. No shot. Vi- uh, the, um, what's it called? Shot. Vaccine? Vaccine. <laughs> the needle? The needle. The uh, vaccine, obviously, is starting to be introduced, but we're still talking about six months to a year before everybody gets it. So, you know, whatever these restrictions are will start to loosen up, but however, people will not be totally over it. People will still be worried about it. People will still want a safe environment. Um, and so I don't think this is just something that you can be like, oh, the virus is coming out, like, we'll be good by January, we'll be good by February. Like, you need to put these things in place um, that are going to last probably at least another year. Yeah, and, like, it drives me fucking crazy when it's, like, I'll be in the gym and someone will be like, vaccine coming, you know, like, so we can get back to normal in a couple weeks. It's like, (laughs) what in the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Like, to, to think that it's just a vaccine, like, it's not binary. It's not the virus exists one day and the fear around it and the next day it completely goes away. There's going to be such a gradual downshift with this that like I think the minimum is one year and like maximum is two years. Yeah. And it's like you have to be ready with things in place to, you know, so many gym owners get caught up in um, putting themselves in an echo chamber of like their best members who like don't care about you know, they're coming into the gym no matter what. And every gym has those. But in order to be successful long-term as a gym, you need to get the people on the fringe who are like, they're taking this wait and see approach of like, okay, I feel safe now. I like this now, but what's going to happen in three months? Are you guys going to put me back at a rack with four other people? Like, are you going to stop requiring masks when you're outside of the zone? Like, these are questions that are top or top of mind for a lot of people. So right now is a perfect opportunity to be thinking about what can I do, what I'm doing right now, what can I take from that and make permanent so that the experience is upgraded rather than just thinking like, 
oh god i just have to throw this together because of like the virus right now but like things are going to be different in a month or two right and i you know everybody has their own opinion on that we're not going to pretend like we have any idea what's going to happen but we both believe very strongly that there is not just going to be this turnover one day to like it's like a band-aid like you rip it off vaccine's gone like right. we can go right back to our current setup and everyone feels great and everyone you know it's like february instead of post-pandemic yeah, I mean, we're still getting a lot of people that are putting their accounts on hold due to concerns over coronavirus. And it's like these people have been kind of waiting and waiting and the fear is still there despite a lot of new, good news coming out, even about gyms. You know, we talked about the um, the cases being traced back to gyms are very small. I would have thought that that would be like getting people to be like, OK, like the gym is a safe environment. Um, I'm going to start coming back, but it's like we're still seeing a lot of people put their account on hold because they're concerned about the long-term effects of it. So yeah. it's, I, it's still still there. Yeah, I think that's a whole other point of frustration for how the government has chosen to communicate where the cases have come from, right. but that's probably not appropriate for this podcast. As far as the second pivot goes, so first one, we went all in on the mini garage gym setup. Second one is we made a conscious decision to really narrow our service offerings. Yep. So prior to all this, we had specialty classes. We had you know nutrition coaching. We had um, open gym. We had a lot of different opportunities for people to interact with the gym as a customer. And you know this may be a bit of a controversial take. I can only tell you what it's done for us and our culture. But we whittled everything down to just one class, our PSC, Progressive Strength and Conditioning. That class runs all day at all three locations, and it is the singular option where we focus all of our communication, our energy, our programming, our coaching. Everything goes into that because we want the experience to be very cut and dry. I want to go to the gym today. I want to exercise. We do not want people to be thinking about or creating concern around any other type of communication confusion. Right. Um, and, you know, that decision basically born out of, you know, if we're all if we're all on the same page with what we're doing, we have one offering, we can make that offering really, really good rather than like, oh, we have a specialty class at 530, you know, someone else programs it and... You know, oh, I can't. I can only get to the gym at five thirty. You guys have this at six thirty. So like now, I can't come into the gym. Like, simply put, this is not a time for preference. It is a time for base level need. Yes, absolutely. I mean, looking at, at those things that we did, um, what would you say has been the effect from a member standpoint on all of this? Obviously, we have our thoughts on like from the business standpoint, but like, have you noticed anything that has happened to the membership base because of this? I mean, you know, everybody's going to have their own opinions. Like we hear from the muscle crowd all the time, like bring muscle back. It's like, this is, this is not the time and place for that. We're trying to keep the business open. <laughs> yep. So I hate to say I don't care, but I don't care. Yeah. It's like if we lose people and we have who like, because they want these specialty classes because they want all these options, I'm okay with losing those people. If it makes what we're providing that much, that much stronger that much more unified and that much easier to manage across the board. Well, I, like, that, sorry, go ahead. No, like there's so much to manage as a gym right now, as gym owners listening to this, like you're managing a pandemic. You do not need to be throwing stressors that also add on top of that in terms of five to six different things that you're 
that your gym is trying to offer because you're trying to please every single person that walks in the door. You know, I, I'm just a very big believer of give people, give people fitness delivered extremely well. That's it. Like once this is all over, you can worry about adding the bells and whistles, but like whittle your shit down to the basics so that people are crystal clear about what they're getting there and the expectation of, of what they can expect. I was going to add to that. I feel like it has brought a more unified community base. So like, yes, you do have the people that complain that we got rid of the muscle class. We got rid of open gym. Um, hell, we dropped one of our locations and, yeah. <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, but all in all, yes, we had those fringe people that were upset and complained about that, but everybody else, the 90, 95% of other members have been unified and come together for this like kind of greater good, if you will, of like fitness, general fitness. Um, and I've seen a massive effect from the back end uh, because of that and member communication because of that. I thought you said French people instead of French people. Yeah. It took me like a solid 10 seconds to realize that you weren't talking shit about France. Yeah. Well, we have like two French members. So <laughs> maybe I was. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, you look on social media and you see gyms that are like, they're trying to run spin. They're trying to run outdoor yoga. They're trying to run boot camp weightlifting. They're trying to run all these different classes. And like, if you can do that and the juice is worth the squeeze, more power to you. Yep. Like maybe you can tell us how to do that. But I am not interested in that pursuit one bit. I think it's trying so hard to appear as this. Everything is fine. That's like the office episode when Andy's uh, doing the play and his phone rings in his pocket. And he's like, <laughs> I think there's a little bird in the in the stands. <laughs> Prince so my pulled an Andy. Yeah, my phone's broken and the uh, volume bo- volume button is off and it still rings. Um. So yeah, so it's just like, to tie that whole point together, it's when you're offering that many things, it's almost like this need to be like, everything is fine, everything is fine, but below the surface, you're like, it's like the duck, Chaos, right? Yeah. The duck analogy, like the duck's just bobbing along in the water, but beneath the surface, the feet are moving like crazy. Yeah. And it's like, to do, that already exists with a gym, like why would you need... Why would you need like five or six different offerings to be able to provide an excellent experience with when you can just focus on the one? Absolutely. And I think people underestimate how many people will will stay with just a singular option. And you know, for the record, we have every intention of re-examining this once like we're able to get out of this phase, which is like the immediate survival. Right. Like, we have every intention of you know re-examining the nutrition coaching of of taking a look at what open gym looks like, of even specialty classes. Like we're absolutely going to examine what that looks like. But for now, like we want one message, one form of communication, one thing to worry about with coaches, one thing for the coaches to worry about with members. Just this like principle of one that starts at the top and goes all the way down to the user experience. Absolutely. So, you know, I think the takeaway for somebody listening is, you know, what are you doing right now? What is uh superfluous service that like maybe you don't really need but you're just really scared to get rid of um what can you examine that just like trims the fat and allows you to focus on stuff that's only really really good yeah and honestly like we will re-examine everything but there may be situations that um you know we we come out of this and say that was not worth what we were doing and it will 
you know, I believe this is in some ways a blessing in disguise that it allowed us to trim a lot of the fat um, from what we do. And I, I can't say what we will or will not bring back um, at this point, but like there probably will be things that we don't bring back. Um, and this situation allowed us to do that because we would have never pulled that trigger without it. Yeah, and the prime example is the Crown Point location. Yeah. Like we closed an entire location of our business in the middle of this and it was, obviously, it goes without saying, it was an incredibly difficult decision, but it is ties into this whole point of like, what is a necessity versus what is a luxury? Right. And that we had two locations service the same zip code for um, six years, 2014 to 2020. And we opened up a fourth location that is, uh, it's hard to explain if you don't live in San Diego. It's a few miles away from the location we closed, but it's many, many highway transitions to get there. It's yep. not that, it's not that cut and dry. Um, but we, we felt very strongly that that location could absorb the members who went to the location we closed. Yep. So we decided to close it because we, we saw that, you know, we were down 32%. So we're like, there's absolutely no way that we're going to continue to offer two gyms for the sake of class convenience, having class on the half hour Yep. when like, we do not absolutely need this. Yep. And we're interested in like, what do we absolutely need to survive now? But that also sets us up to be successful. And that fourth location, it just wasn't part of the plan. So we closed it. Yeah. I mean, would we have done that if the pandemic didn't hit. No, I mean, I think we would be finding every reason to like, you know, continue to seek out that convenience for people that like, you know, we hate, you know, we hate ruffling feathers with, with people's experience. We're going to do it when it's needed. But like th that decision would have been made impossible if we didn't have the pandemic. Yeah. And from an operation standpoint, getting rid of that location at that time allowed us to in my opinion, be better at the three other locations and the workload and the um, kind of confusion and chaos in the back end became way less because of it. Yeah, it's just, it's such a cliche, but everything from the class offerings to the location offerings, like we, we just, we made the decision to go all in on pick your cliche, addition by subtraction, less is more. And we, we believe in that very strongly as a company, as far as a principle when you're faced with a decision. And certainly now and that is that is a mindset that we are going to keep as we move forward. It doesn't mean we're not going to offer more things, like you said, but that mindset is always going to be top of mind. Right. Um, so yeah, just re-asking yourself, what can you take a look at potentially getting rid of that's going to strengthen you? I think is a valuable question to ask yourself of your operation right now. And kind of going back to what we talked about before, we were super worried about okay, we're going to close the location. Like this is a massive move. We were terribly worried about the fallback, and at the end of it, it wasn't that bad. And it seems to be always, it's not as bad as you think. You're gonna put a million things in your head that this is gonna ruin your business and you know ruin people's expectations and experience, but it's at the end, if you believe strongly, it's it won't be as bad as you think. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, we had so many members who went to that Crown Point location. It's a great location, it was right in the water. And, you know, many people said that that's why they came to the gym was because of the location on the water. And guess what? I see a lot of those people in the, in the gym now that's not on the water. So people, when you take away the bells and whistles, people will evaluate the bones of your operation and they will realize and observe why they are actually there. Absolutely. And for some people that might mean, okay, this place is not worth it to me. But for the overwhelming majority of people, if they chose you and they've been with you for this long, 
they're simply not going to just abandon what they like about going to the gym because you have to make some short-term adjustments to be, to make yourself successful right now. Yeah. So, third pivot is we we have we have it listed as being in an open relationship with old ways because I think it would be foolish to say, you know, you're throwing out the entire playbook and making a brand new one just as it would be foolish to say no, everything we used to do still applies to right now. Right. It's just this, you have to reevaluate absolutely everything about your business, um, everything from what your old numbers used to look like, everything from like, you know, we just talked about service offerings. Right. Uh, we'll get into a couple things that, that we've done. Um, and whether or not your type of fitness pigeonholes you in order to make a pivot. So kind of first up on that list is the numbers. You know, we're... We love numbers. We love the data. We love seeing what happens. We do our we do our financials monthly. We do our data membership data weekly, and you know if we looked at old new member conversion, if we looked at old churn, which is our cancellation rate, uh, old attendance, and we use that to make projections, then we would we would just be running in circles right, right now. So first first thing that we've completely changed is how we acquire members. Yeah. So talk a little bit about just the old ways and the new ways and kind of what's going on with that. Well, first off, the old way um, was you could sign up for a free trial class at any of our locations. You would come in. Uh, we had a lot of trials come in. Um, you know, we've talked about our conversion percentages in the past. We've talked about that experience, um, but kind of blasting through all that, you could come try a class. You could join. After you join, you get your welcome email, you start, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the new process is we put a wait list on the website. So you enter your name and email um, and phone number into the wait list. You get uh, an email right away saying that you can join immediately or you can jump on the wait list for a trial class. And we limited the trial classes to specific locations and at specific times. Um, so we basically funneled all of those people into uh, a smaller offering and allowed the people that wanted to join right away to join right away. And that greatly reduced the number of people that had to come through the door to try a class to make a decision, which requires a lot of resources, a lot of communication, a lot of different things to happen. So we basically stripped 60% of that and just made it super maybe simple. Maybe even more. Yeah, maybe even more. Um, so you either join right away or you enter into the wait list to try a class and um, kind of do that old method from that, but that, you know, that stripped away uh, a lot of people. Um, and it's made our operations way better, um, from a back end perspective. And from a front end perspective, like the reason that wait list was born is because we, we've already mentioned it, you know, as an industry, we've all had to slash our class capacity and like, we were absolutely not going to ruin the experience of our members because we wanted all these new folks to try us out. Right. And there is a dance that you must carefully do of being accessible enough to grow because everybody's lost revenue. You got you have to recoup that if you want to survive, but also taking care of the revenue that matters most, and that's the people that are already there. Right. So, you know, and this is something that we're still evaluating of like what is our what is our practice going to be in 2021 for new member acquisition? You know, old ways. Uh, very low barrier to entry. Come in, try a class join, piece of cake. Current way is much higher barrier to entry. Yep. You know, you do it all online. There's a wait list for trying class. Class times are very select. We don't even allow class trials at PB because that location is so popular. And we're in this kind of overhaul of like, where's this all gonna net out? Right. And so 
point being with that is like if we were to, you know, if we were to say, oh, but gosh, like we did so well with the old way of just try class, just try class, then like, yes, we could do that in our conversion numbers would look really good right however the detriment that that would have to the experience of the current members does not show up in those in that data absolutely so if we were chasing this old data point we would be you know cutting off our nose to spite our face of you know we're crippling ourselves to chase just for the arbitrary nature of chasing an old data point right and that's one thing that like we struggle with right now because like we see conversion which we equate as somebody enters the online wait list to do they become a member? And that's been anywhere from like 45 to 22%. And like, it's very hard for you and I to look at a conversion number that starts with a two. Yeah. Because like, we're used to that starting with like a six or a seven right. with the old way. So it's getting used to this mind frame of like, you know, we want to have less people in the gym for our members. We want to have less human interactions for the virus. So it's like a lot of this stuff has gone to joining and having your first experience with the gym be on the website. And that, right. that's new for us. Very new. Um, as far as joining the gym goes, obviously people have tried the class on the website before. So um, yeah, that's just one kind of anecdote of like how you have to just be careful of holding yourself accountable to old metrics that are just like non-existent right now. Um, another one of that is, you know, churn. That's one thing that we're still looking at. You know, we have actually our, our last episode, I think, <laughs> of season four uh, was on churn. So listen to that if you want. Um, but it's to the point of like, this is, you know, people prior to coronavirus, people left the gym for a number of different reasons. Now people will leave that. Well, pe people will leave a gym for all those reasons still. Plus. And they will leave it because they're scared of getting the virus. So, you know, that's one thing that I'm currently struggling with is how to evaluate churn. It's been pretty steady. I don't want to misspeak. I think we're somewhere around like 6% as a company. 6% um, of members leaving on a monthly basis, meaning we retain 94%. And I think before this hit, we were like, as a career, as a company, we were somewhere in the high fours. But over the last 12 months prior to that, we were, we were actually higher than, we, than where we are now. So... You know, in many ways, our ability to retain people has improved because the experience has gotten more personal, but the fear of getting the coronavirus has increased, which is like why we're still kind of seeing which way the churn goes and in what direction it's going to go. Is it going to favor the better experience or is it going to favor the constant cycle of people being scared of the virus, if you will? Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole new slew of reasons that people are canceling and most of it is obviously directed by the coronavirus, but it's, you know, thousands of people are losing their jobs. So it's like they might love the experience, but the coronavirus has lost their income, so they can't come to the gym for obvious reasons. We actually had a few people over the past couple of months that canceled uh, because we were closed, but we weren't closed. Oh, I saw that. It was like, <laughs> went to a new gym since you had to shut down. It's like, oh, we're not shut down. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're operating outside. Like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a whole new ball game with that. Um, we're still learning the data. We're still seeing new reasons that people are canceling. Um, so, you know, we might be able to do an episode on kind of those numbers and, and where we're seeing those, uh, go after the new year. Yeah. And I don't know about other gym owners out there. Maybe you can relate to this. San Diego is a pretty transient city. People come and go a lot. And man, when I look at the cancellation reasons uh, on the weekly sheet and it's like, move, move back home, you know, so many people are returning to their home base right now. Yeah be closer to family um, and 
straight up not living in San Diego. Yeah. So uh, that is one thing that we've had to compete with, whereas it used to be the opposite. You know, people were flooding San Diego. And um, so, yeah, we've just had to deal with a lot different, more different reasons of people canceling than we had before. And the fact that churn is not higher, I think personally, in my personal opinion, is that it lends itself to the safety that people feel, the experience and the transparency that we as a company have chosen to incorporate throughout all this. And it's like, I, I believe that the average person comes to the gym, is excited to join and trusts us. And I think that speaks to just like all the different things we have in place from how we communicate our operations on the website. Um, and that'll be kind of the next point of our communication. But uh, there are ways to retain people despite all the reasons people have to not want to go to a gym. Yeah. And, you know, you just mentioned the transient town that we're in and that just kind of brought something to my head that uh, people are moving away a lot more and also people are not moving here nearly as much. Um, and so, sweet, yeah, great. Um, but we've been able to continue to add new members and, you know, this just clicked that part of that reason is because people are spreading the word a little bit more about the operations that we've um, adjusted and the safety measures that we've put in place that um, we get a ton of emails from people that are like, hey, my friend heard about what you guys are doing and they want to come join. Um, so while we're not getting the same number of people moving into San Diego looking for a gym, we've been able to keep up our membership um, and add new members through that experience and word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And it, it's it's going to be a good segue for the next topic of communication, but just like, don't hide behind any of this. Yeah. Like the, the, the companies that are owning every aspect of their operation, like are the companies that are doing well. I firmly believe that. Um, so kind of one point of just talking about the being in relation, open relationship with old ways before we do move on to that communication is, you know, what, what is a company, and I'm genuinely asking you this as the listener, have you been just like completely opposed to as a company? Why have you, have you been opposed to it? And is there an opportunity for you to revisit those beliefs? I can tell you for me, flat out, it has been remote training. Programs that can be done online, people that can buy stuff online and do them on their own. Yep. Vehemently opposed to getting into that market for the last 10 years. Yep. Because I want... I want people to associate us with being an excellent gym. Right. Not, you know, it sounds bad. Like, I don't want people evaluating our ability to program design for you if you're not in the gym. Right. And like, we can do it. I've done it. That's how I actually started out as a trainer. But it's all just that, you know, I believe in singular focus. So, yeah. I mean, if you would ask me like two years ago, like, yeah, why don't you guys, you know, spend... 15 hours a week to develop like a program that I can follow from my living room. <laughs> Fuck you. What? Like you think I have time to do that? But guess what? People are doing that now. Yep. So it's like you can either adapt with that and spend time learning how to do it, spend time developing that and improve your business and make it something that you can offer without distracting from the main focus. Like, or you can just continue to be stubborn. Yep. And so it was a very difficult decision to be like, yeah, this is a market that I do want to enter and that I do want to kind of test out. Um, but I was also, you know, wary of distracting from the main thing. Right. So, you know, it's just something that we're going to have to figure out over time. How popular is this? How much do people like it? So far, our online training has been very popular. So it's something we're going to continue to focus on that we would have just never thought about. Yeah. Before. Another thing that was born out of the uh, negative coronavirus, but it will 
you know, hopefully turn out to be a, a very positive for the company long term. Yeah. And I just I've had so many people reach out since we've started offering that you know, old members be like, hey, you know, you, you should do a program for this or do a program for that. You know, I miss I miss going to you guys and I only have access to like my um, apartment gym. And so it's like it, it's really um, I don't know. It's really just inspired a lot of different ways that we can, you know, not even attract new customers, but just continue to service old customers. It's just they move on in the product life cycle. Right. So it's like they now cancel. They used to cancel and they move on and they're done. Well, now they've canceled the in-person experience, but they can be converted into something that's still performance 360, but it's done elsewhere. Right. Um, and we just we didn't have that before. And maybe we were dinosaurs. We're not having it before, but it's something that we've um, chosen to go all in on to a significant degree and see what the impact is. And so far, that online training platform has been able to bridge the gap from the revenue we've lost with NGIM memberships almost completely. Yeah. So it, it's been like an absolute necessity to maintain the level of revenue that we need to keep jobs, be successful, to do all that. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing to consider is what kind of gym are you? Like if you're... You know, all, all, most of our listeners tend to be from CrossFit gyms. So I'll ask you, like, are you a CrossFit traditionalist? Like, do you insist on old school, like, members got to do Fran? Like, are, are you that? Or are you able to be a little more flexible? And the reason I ask that is because, like, if you're a traditionalist, and this goes for, like, maybe you're a powerlifting gym, maybe you're, like, um, you know, any gym that's tied to a specific formula for a workout how are you going to continue to be successful in an era where you might have to modify that a little bit? So, you know, I don't, I, I would not pretend to have those answers for you, but that's something that I think that you should genuinely be thinking about is, is your current way of providing fitness conducive to the way people want to consume fitness right now? Are you able to adapt that? And I, you know, I think this is going to be a trend whenever the coronavirus is gone. I, I still think a lot of the things that we're seeing now are going to carry over to post coronavirus, uh, to a, a post coronavirus era that will last many, many years. Yeah. So I, I don't think that thinking about that is something that like you need to think about just in the sense of the next year or two. Um, you know, it might be long term. Like where where is your gym and where is your headspace going for the foreseeable future? Yeah. So that's a kind of a good good ending point to finish with our third pivot of being in an open relationship with old ways. And now we want to talk about kind of a bonus point as we finish up this episode that is the underlying kind of unifier of all the different pivots and points that have made us quote successful during all this. And that is just direct communication. You know, we believe very strongly in that. If we have a decision to make, we're going to make it and we're going to communicate it in exactly the reasons why it was made. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna do one, you know, we're not gonna pee on your leg and tell you it's raining type thing. Like, if this is what's happening, we are going to tell you what is happening. And so when this first started, you know, we did all the zones, you know, we'd post like Instagram pictures of the fucking virus side that we right. bought, of like, get excited about the virus <laughs> side. And it's like, people were, because they saw that it's like, oh wow, like, you know, I think a lot of gyms would have been scared to share that kind of stuff because it would have been like, oh my God, virus side is scary. That right. means there's a virus. But it's like, if you just own everything, like own everything, you're going to lose on some things, but you're going to win on so many more of them because of the transparent nature. People are going to believe 
what you tell them and they're going to believe the reasons why you're telling right. telling them that. And so, you know, there's different ways in which this applies to everything that we've talked about. You know, we'll use, um, you know, the narrow service offerings as one of just like, you know, one line that we've had on the website throughout all this is like um, effective right now is our goal, not optimal. And so, yeah, that means like I, I get questions a lot about like when's this class coming back? And I tell people like I have no idea. It might not. Right. And it's like I'm not trying to be short, but like that is my answer. Yeah. So like if there's a response to that, I'll then tell them like I have to be honest with you, like our priority right now is not providing you with options. It's providing you with like a single really good service that like is going to help you with these goals. But if we do this, here's the ramifications of what that could do. Right. You know, say we bring your class back at 630. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have people who don't want to go to that class who are flooding the wait list even more for the other class. Yep. So it's like, I just, I'm not a believer in like being a yes man in this situation. It's like, kick people the real deal. Everybody has pandemic fatigue. Everybody, with especially the way that the governments are handling this, they just want a straight answer of what's going on. They want to be communicated to, and they want a straight answer. And you're going to lose some people because of that, because they're going to immediately get an answer that they don't like. Right. And that is okay. That is so much better than keeping this person for months and months due to vagaries of the way in which you communicate, and now they're frustrated. They, uh, you know, they don't feel as though they know what's happening or they know where the direction of the gym is going. So you've put this now passive aggressive member in your gym who's a drain on everybody and it's you multiply that many times over and all of a sudden your culture is worse than it was so i know you and i would much rather take a culture that has um maybe it has less people in it than it once did but it's substantially stronger which is primed for a way better experience for the coaches for the members more positive experience more referrals so there's you know there's an underbelly of that that's positive when you think it would be negative right um and yeah, that it's you know to to talk logistics of how we do that. We have a spot on our website where every week, where we post our workouts, uh, we post an update. And sometimes there's no update, but when there is an update, it's just we try to be short and to the point. We try to say exactly what's going on and why. And I would really, really recommend that practice to you. Um, if you're scared of maybe being disliked by a few amount of people. It's going to take some getting used to to communicate in that nature. But if you're interested in um, communicating honestly with the overwhelming amount of your membership, then I just, that's probably my strongest recommendation on this whole entire podcast, to be honest with you, Uh, because people just want to know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, if you go dark in a situation like this, people are going to formulate their own opinions on what's going on rather than being directed by you. So you might as well tell them the truth. You might as well tell them what's going on rather than just... Being like, oh, if I don't say anything, they won't think anything bad's going on because they'll formulate worse opinions in that scenario. Yeah, I create doomsday scenarios in my own mind (laughs) every hour on the day. I can only imagine what other people would be doing if they didn't know what was happening with the gym. And I think like the absolute like insane thing about this entire podcast and the fact that we're talking about coronavirus and all that is like, I think we both like the gym more than we did one year ago. Yes. As far as how our daily job goes, our operations, operations the things yeah. we have to deal with, um, everything in place. Like I think we prefer what's happening now. We certainly wish a deadly virus was not the root of it, but 
we've been very careful. You know, if there is something that I, w- I will pat us on the back for, it's we, we chose to come into this with how can we find positives in this? Mm-hmm. What can we pluck from the this terrible pandemic that is going to make us better? Not a series of like, this sucks. I wish we could go back to doing this. Right. And I think that it has served us very well. So if you're not in that headspace yet, I, I really recommend you get there. Um and if you are, then good on you. You're, you're probably doing pretty well throughout all this. Yeah, I agree. I got nothing else. I don't either. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate the help with the reboot. If you could um, give us a review, five stars. We don't want any four-star reviews. Uh, five stars. If you could subscribe to it, uh, you don't even have to listen. Just click subscribe. iTunes really likes that. Uh, if you could follow us on at Jim Apps Radio on Instagram. Um, if you could just like casually mention us to every single person that you meet and <laughs> tell them about the podcast, we would really appreciate that as well. So, and, uh, we'll be building out a little bit of a portal on our main website, um, where this podcast will live. We'll have some, uh, options for getting more info for reaching out. If you have questions, if you have, uh, ideas on episodes, what you want to learn, um, we'll have that shortly, um, as well. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you do have any questions for us, just go ahead and shoot us an email. You can hit up either one of us. We're just Dave or Brian at perform-360.com. Perform-360.com. Thanks for listening, guys.